Hi, pals. This is Blaine Hill coming to you from the Lake Murray Presbyterian Church here in the sanctuary today. Uh, it is Thursday, the 7th of January in the year 2021. Yesterday was Epiphany, and uh, we had chapel service for our day school, as we do most every Wednesday with the three- and four-year-old children. So we were here in the sanctuary with them and uh, had a nice time and uh, worshiped the Lord. We read the story of, of Epiphany. I, the th- the magi coming, the wise men from the east coming and bringing gifts to Jesus. So that was the story that we read. And of course, part of that story is quite alarming. Uh, in the story of, of Epiphany, we find that uh, Herod is trying to destroy the baby Jesus. It was interesting. When I read the story of Epiphany, one little girl sat right up. And she had a question, and she started blurting it out. And I had to kind of say, why don't we talk about questions later? I'll, I'll chat with you afterwards. Uh, but something had really grabbed a hold of her imagination. So after the chapel service, I was uh, some of the, the younger kids were leaving, the three-year-olds were leaving, so I went over and talked to her. I wanted to try to answer her question. It was very interesting. She said that uh, her question was, why did the Magi want to kill Jesus? And, of course, she had understood the story, uh, misunderstood the story. Um, but what's interesting is she's heard this story before, and she knew that what she had remembered sort of was that King Herod wanted to kill the baby Jesus because he was to be uh, the king. Um, and that was, so her parents are doing a good job. They are making sure at four years old, she's uh, pretty well into one of the more complex and Bible stories, and one that it would be easy to skip over with children. So I probably need to call her parents and say, good job. Uh, but she had this question, why would the Magi want to kill Jesus? So I said, oh, honey, you've, I didn't say honey, but that's, it. let me explain, it wasn't the, the Magi, they brought Jesus a gift, and she looked relieved at that, and, but she also still had a question, because she knew there was more there, and I said it was Herod, and so she's still worried. She's like, well, why did he want to do it? Which was Good question. And uh, so I said to her, yeah, that's really upsetting, isn't it? I, I find that really upsetting. And, and she you know, kind of nodded, and I said, well, it's kind of a complicated question. But it boils down to uh, him being wicked and wanting to be king and not wanting any, anyone else to be God's anointed king. And that didn't really satisfy her. Uh, but I hope, and it seemed like having someone take her question seriously um, uh, was helpful to her. And so I hope it is, and I hope we'll chat about it further with her. I mean, uh, God willing, she'll be here uh, for many years and grow up and go through the youth group and be a young adult here. So uh, she'll keep wrestling with those questions of faith. Um, but it brought to my attention the importance of challenging and difficult questions in the life of faith. Uh, she got her details a little mixed up, but at the bottom she had a she had a really good question. Why would God's saving plan involve the terrible, terrible act of this wicked king trying to harm baby Jesus? That's very uh, upsetting. Um, and you could simply say, we could say, well, Jesus is God's confrontation uh, with the wickedness and evil of this world. And while we might imagine that God would defeat wickedness with power and strength and force, it turns out that's not how God works. Uh, that God defeats the power of evil in the weakness of a baby 
And Jesus overcomes the triumph of death or the, the victory of death by the cross. The cross is how God achieves victory over the power of weakness or the power of wickedness in and of sin in the world. Um, and that, that should unsettle us to some degree. Why would God do defeat evil in that way? And per, perhaps uh, because that's the only way it may be defeated. But for us, I wanted to, to hold on to this idea uh, that part of what God's word does and what the Holy Spirit does to, for us is to do something to us, to unsettle us, to tell us things we would prefer not to hear, to call us to do things we would not prefer to do, to confront difficult situations that we would not want to confront, to accept things which we might not want to, that God really challenges us to be part of what God does for us in Scripture is to challenge us to uh, unsettle us by the power of his word. And seeing this little girl hear the story of Jesus' birth and her alarm at Herod's um, wickedness, I, I think it was a really good reminder. She had the right response to this story. It's not just a cute story of uh, kings from the east bringing gifts. I'm sure all of you have seen the joke uh, about, you know, if the wise men had been wise women, uh, you know, maybe they brought the gold, would have brought the gold, but they would have would have also brought a casserole and uh, done the laundry. And it's fun to think that way. And perhaps that's what would have happened. It'd been a little more useful than myrrh and frankincense. And it's fun to think about that. But the story of the wise men coming from the east should also unsettle us, uh, because it shows us that when God confronts the power of evil in the world, um, it happens in ways that we. Are you back? I dropped out for a second, gang. I hope everybody can still see. Give me a, a little feedback if you can still see me for those who are streaming live. We had a little drop out there. So where was I? I was saying that uh, the story of Scripture, uh, one of the things that we see is God unsettles us and disrupts us. Uh, not because he wants to turn over our lives, but because our lives need to be transformed. Um the, all of this reminded me of the story, the little piece of the story, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, which is C.S. Lewis's fairy tale, uh, a kind of, uh, yeah, fairy tale. He wrote it for his niece, who was named Lucy, and he didn't finish it till I think she was a grown woman. But in the story, which if you haven't read, I recommend, particularly if you have a child to read it to, but even as an adult, it's good. Anyway, in the story, Lucy, there is an, with her siblings in a magical kingdom, and there are talking animals. Uh, ah! There's this hope uh, in the story, this hope of Aslan, the lion, who will come and save the kingdom of Narnia from the wicked witch who has imprisoned the kingdom in, in winter. It's always winter, but never Christmas. Anyway, she is being taken to meet Aslan, and she asks Aslan the lion, mind you, uh, and who is a Christ figure in the story. And she asks someone, a lion? Again, small children know when to be frightened and alarmed about things. Is, is Aslan safe? And someone says, no, he's a lion. Of course he's not safe, but he is good. And uh, that's a figure I think we can take with us as we are uh, thinking, as we approach Scripture, to know that uh, approaching Scripture 
will not leave our lives and uh, our actions just as they are. God is going to transform them and sometimes disrupt our lives in ways that we might not choose to, that will be uh, cause us discomfort. Uh, but we can trust God, even in the disruption of our lives, that he brings about because he is good and he loves us. And God has what is best for us, for eternity in mind. So uh, my experience with that little girl really just reminded me that we we can trust God's word even when it is disrupting, disrupting to us. And we can trust God's plan for our lives even when it is disrupting to us. Well, I want to say hi to everybody who has come. I hope you're still with me on live. It's Betty Jo and Joanne and Al and Cynthia. Those are the folks I can see at the moment anyway. Thank you so much for joining us for the live stream of this. And uh, for those of you who watch or listen later, we're glad to have you uh, present. I hope this is nourishing to you. We're going to pray. I do want to mention, gosh, there's a good bit to pray about in the church. Ruthie Burkhalter passed away and... Uh, I believe it's Richard Keenan's father also passed away. Uh, Ruthie was a member here and her brother Robbie uh, is a member here, many of us know. So we want to hold those families in our prayers that they would be consoled and comforted by uh, the soothing power of God's spirit. Because, of course, the Holy Spirit comforts as well as unsettles. Um, and in addition, our, our officers are having a retreat Saturday. So pray for that, that we would have wisdom and insight into how to lead in this challenging time. We have a number of families who uh, have contracted COVID. I understand many of them are recovering. Uh, and um, so, uh, but we want to continue to pray for them. And then, of course, we're going to pray for our country. Yesterday was a really difficult day for our nation. and uh, There are a lot of different uh, points of view on that. Um, me and you both have them. But what we're going to do now is far more important. We're going to pray for our country and ask for God's blessing on it and upon the leaders uh, who are called to serve. Um, if you have something else you, you need the church to pray for, you can put it in the comments or reach out to me um, because one of the things God has us do is to pray together. So let, let's do that. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that we can trust you, that you are good even in the disruptions that you bring, the ones we wouldn't choose. We still trust you and trust that you are bringing us to a good outcome. God, we pray, uh, we pray for those families who are in mourning and give you thanks for the assurance and hope of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and for all your saints. And to know that those who have died uh, have died in Christ and they are with you and in your care. Not only these families who are mourning this week, but those who are mourning um, both near and far, recent and long ago. We pray for your comfort, Lord God. And God, we pray for those who are sick, uh, particularly we raise up uh, those struggling with the disease of COVID, but all who are ill, Lord God, and we ask that you would heal. We pray for your healing, God, for all who are sick and for the strength to remain faithful in that trial. And God, we fervently pray for our nation. We are so blessed in ways that we can't even count, uh, and we pray that we would, as a nation, would use those blessings for good, to love our neighbor, to pursue justice, to use our liberty with wisdom and not selfishly. We do pray for the men and women who are in positions of leadership and pray that they would lead, lead, lead with integrity, 
and with wisdom and with patience and with courage and with proper urgency. And all these things, Lord, we submit ourselves to you, the whole of our lives. And though we earnestly ask for your comfort and balm and know we will receive it, we, we open our lives to the ways that you will unsettle us, trusting not in the circumstances of our life, but trusting in you. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, I see a few other people have popped in. I think it's Janina, if I've read that right, and Joanne's still here. And it's so good to be with you, to pray together. For those of you who are praying later, certainly love you all and miss seeing you as much as I wish we could. Uh, and I hope to see you soon, one way or another. God bless.